That's the nature of the position. Why? If he's playing so well at guard, if he's going to be an all, all pro guard every year, why would you move out of tackle? Because left tackle is so much more important. Welcome into the Hot Read Podcast. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network. You can follow me on social media at Easton Freeze. I'm joined, as always, on this Wednesday episode of our show, recording live on Tuesday. Producer JT, how are we doing? How's it going? We're finally back here, doing live shows again, stateside. It's been mm. a little bit. We took a little hiatus, and boy... Have some things happened uh, since since we last chatted with with no everyone? No shortage here. of things to talk about. No shortage. <laughs> For sure. An easy day in terms of a finding things to talk about um, kind of show for us. Not having to scrape the bottom of the barrel. More than enough to discuss today. A lot to get through in the next hour. And we appreciate these, those of you that are joining us live. A couple of things here at the top of the show before we dive into all things Titans. First of all, if you are joining us live on Twitter or on Facebook, do us a favor, hit that like button, hit that repost button. Um, we want to get as many eyeballs on this as we can. So appreciate you sharing this in any way that you that you can. Send the link, text the link to a buddy, whatever you can do. And then head on over to Broadway Sports Media on YouTube. That's really where you want to be to watch the show today, where you can be a part of the comment section, which is already popping off. Guys like Jacob and Logan and Shrike and Mason already in the comments. Appreciate you boys being with us today. We'll have plenty to discuss. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, you can do that on this live stream on YouTube at Broadway Sports Media on YouTube.com. Easy peasy. And you can enter any questions, comments, queries you might have about the Titans and a potential fire sale, the trade of Kevin Byard, platooning quarterbacks. All of these things we'll be getting to today, as well as some news to cap things off at the end with producer JT. Before we get to all of that, though, have to mention our lovely, wonderful, amazing sponsors, Boom Boss Pizza, the place that we will be, JT. The next time we're doing a live show on Thursday, recording our Friday morning live show, we will be at Boom Boss Pizza once again after two weeks off from traveling to London and then taking some vacation time this past couple of days. We'll be back at Boom Boss Craft Pizza and Tap House in Spring Hill doing our show live before Thursday night football. Not tomorrow, but the next day. I almost said tomorrow. Uh, Thursday of this week uh, at around 5 o'clock, 5.30 Central Standard Time. We'll be live in Spring Hill. You got to come join us to get some delicious food. We're doing gift card giveaways each week. So if you just come say hi, you can get some food on us. And boy, is it delicious. I'm already salivating at the mere thought of the fantastic craft pizzas and brews on tap that they have over there at Boom Boss. If you don't want to come all the way to Spring Hill, and you're in the Nashville area, they've got locations at uh, at Murfreesboro, at the East Nashville location, and then also locations in Kentucky and Indiana if you're from out of town. So check out a Boomba's wherever is closest to you, wherever your local Boomba's is, absolutely go check it out. They're fantastic, and we love them. Can't wait to be back there live on Thursday. We'd love to see any of you that could, that could turn out to Boomba's in Spring Hill. We'd love to uh, do the show, say hey and then grab some drinks as we watch Thursday Night Football. Who's playing this week, by the way, JT? I've not checked. Do we know who's playing on Thursday Night Football? I just literally got an advertisement for it before this show. I believe it's the Buccaneers and the Bills. Buccaneers and the Bills. Okay, sneaky good game. Sneaky good game. I think the Buccaneers are a capable team. The Bills kind of struggling to get back on their horse a little bit, so it should be an entertaining one. And It's it's, uh, the, the game before the game where the Titans will be on Thursday Night Football. Not this upcoming Thursday, but but nine days from today in Pittsburgh in week nine. So that'll be a big deal. We'll be live there and um, just going ahead and f- future casting that one. If you want to come to any one episode of the show live at Boom Boss in Spring Hill, I would say maybe that's the one to do it because we'll be doing a show live either before or after or maybe both. We, we haven't really decided yet. The schedule will change, obviously, with the Titans on Thursday Night Football. We'll figure it out. We'll be doing something live from Boombaz that night for sure. And you'll want to come hang out with us and we'll have a little Titans watch party. It'll be a good time. All right, JT, we've got plenty to discuss today. And by the way, one one final shout before we dive into everything today. Uh, you wrote a really nice article that is up on Broadway Sports Media today. Uh, the website, broadwaysportsmedia.com. It is titled, um, what, what is the exact title? I, I put myself in a bad spot here because I don't know the exact title. <laughs> 
something along the lines of Titans must play Levis. Um, a disappointing start leads to one clear choice. The Titans must play Will Levis. Yes, absolutely. And you go through not just where the Titans are now and how they got here and um, looking at both sides of the ball in detail, which is really well done. But then you make a very poignant, very clear case for why the Titans need to look at getting Will Levis some run, which it sounds like based on today's press conferences, they will sort of. We'll talk about that later and what was an interesting potentially ridiculous answer from Mike Vrabel. But we have so much news today that that is buried on page 3B. On page 1A today, it is the Kevin Byard trade, and that is what we'll dive into here. First things first, JT, I've got a lot of ground to cover on my end, a lot of notes to get through. So if you would not be so kind as to uh, keep an eye on the comments, stop me along the way if we have anything that we need to address. Would love to, uh, to make sure we get those involved in today's conversation. Okay, so the Titans traded Kevin Byard on Monday. It was Monday afternoon. It was announced that the Titans would be sending Kevin Byard to the Eagles for two draft picks and safety Terrell Edmonds in return. The draft picks in particular, a 2024 fifth round and a 2024 sixth round pick. So they get a fifth and a sixth round pick in this upcoming draft. Further details in terms of compensation there. The fifth and the sixth rounders the Titans will be getting from the Eagles will be their highest picks in each round, depending on how teams finish at the end of the year. So the Eagles have a couple of picks in each round, I believe. Um, and just depending on how, obviously, they got their natural picks. One of those picks is was originally a Titans pick that was traded to them for Ugo Amadi, I believe. Um, a, 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 it was a trade that a player that flamed out with the Titans recently a wasted trade that the Titans end up getting back for Kevin Byard, which doesn't exactly feel even, but uh, nonetheless, they get that pick back. So if the Titans finish really poorly this year, that will probably be the pick that they get. And then I believe it's a Buccaneers and a 49ers pick in the sixth round that they are fighting over or in the fifth round, rather that they're fighting over whichever team finishes worse and has a higher draft pick. Regardless, they'll be getting the highest possible picks in each of those rounds from what the Eagles have to offer. The uh, the details on this include the important note, I think, that according to sources, Kevin Byard did not request that the Titans move him and still would have preferred to have finished his career with the Tennessee Titans. And he replaced or released, excuse me, a statement yesterday that I will now read in full. Before I start this new chapter, I want to express my heartfelt gratitude for my journey so far. I want to thank John Robinson for drafting me and believing in me and Amy Adams Strunk for her unwavering dedication to our team. I was fortunate to have two incredible head coaches in Mike Malarkey, Mark, Mike Malarkey and Mike Vrabel. Their leadership helped shape the player and person I am today, and I'll carry those lessons throughout my career. Thank you to my assistant coaches, strength staff, doctors, trainers, and support staff, Titans employees, cafeteria workers, custodians, media, and everyone who has helped me along the way. I see y'all putting in work every day, and we couldn't do this without you. I'm grateful for all of my teammates, my brothers, who had my back, kept me in check, and pushed me to be better. It's been an honor to play alongside you these seven-plus years. But the most special thing, uh, the spe most special thanks goes out to Titans fans. You embraced my family and me with open arms from day one, and it's a blessing to be a part of this community. The energy and passion you bring to every game is unmatched. Middle Tennessee truly became our home, and it always will be. It was a dream come true to be a Tennessee Titan. Love. KB, a statement from head coach Mike Vrabel read, I want to thank Kevin for what he meant to or means to me personally and to this team. When I arrived, he helped carry a new message into the locker room and established the mindset and work ethic we were trying to instill throughout the team. His play on the field speaks for itself, an intelligent and athletic player. He has led the secondary and helped us win a lot of games. Kevin and Clark, Kevin's wife and their kids mean a great deal to me, and I wish them success in all that is in front of them. There were also statements released by Titans controlling owner Amy Adams Strunk and Titans uh, GM Rand Carthen, which you can read on my Twitter account at Easton Freeze. Okay, wanted to read those in full to give a stalwart veteran and a real face of the Titans franchise and Kevin Byard his due on the show today. Um, a lot of emotions for Titans fans here. A lot of details to break down. A lot of head and heart feelings that need to be separated. Um, my personal vantage point, which I'll get out of the way at the top, is that in, in my year and change, year and a half-ish, covering the Titans in full, being in the locker room, speaking to players, 
um, after after the games on the practice field at the podium. Kevin was always one of, if not the best guy to talk to easily. One of the the easiest players to talk to um, really approachable, really kind guy, always willing to answer tough questions, always willing to to answer as many questions as we had. Um, was always available no matter what the situation was coming off of a big win or a big loss. And uh, there's a reason why he was the first uh, good guy award winner that the Titans local PFWA Pro Football Writers of America chapter awarded to the Tennessee Titans locker room. We, we started last year choosing one player to give the good guy, the uh, uh, the Eddie George good guy award to for the player who was most helpful to us in the media. That was Kevin. He was the first guy to be put on that plaque, which hangs in the Titans media center, the media workroom at the Titans facility. And so there's a lasting impact of a legacy there for Kevin Byard, um, who was a fantastic player on and off the field and a guy that I know that we're going to miss around here. All of that being said, no matter how painful this move was in your heart, Titans fans, and boy, is it painful and boy, is the spot in particular a difficult one. Right, because you're coming off of the heels 12 hours previous to this trade. AJ Brown, former Titans legend, was playing in Philadelphia on primetime football and had his fifth consecutive 125 plus receiving yard game, continues to absolutely light the world on fire, and is arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL right now. That was a difficult reminder of what was the worst trade this organization, this franchise has made in a very, very long time, maybe ever. 12 hours later, I almost said months, <laughs> Titans maybe, Titans fans maybe wish, but 12 hours later, Kevin Byard is traded to that same team. Howie Roseman comes for seconds and gets another veteran Titans player to add to a team that is trying to make a Super Bowl push. And that's just a difficult spot. You know, the, the, the circumstances, the, the, uh, the, the situation at hand, not an easy one to swallow for the Titans fans. Absolutely not. And, and, a heart and soul player like Kevin Byard is always going to be a really difficult guy to move on from after having been around for so long. But no matter how painful this move was in your heart, in your heads, you have to know that this was 100% the correct decision. You have to know before this trade, if you'd been paying attention, you knew that this was something that was in the works. The groundwork for this potential trade was laid by the Titans front office in the summer when Kevin Byard was asked for a pay cut and then they reworked his deal a little bit and it was going to make sense for them to try to get something out of him. Now, this was really the last exit on the high on the Kevin Byard highway for you to be able to get any kind of compensation in return for him because of the way that his contract was set up. He was likely going to be cut or walk within the next year, maybe two from this team. But I, I was, I was going to, if you asked me today and he was still on the team, I was going to guess he probably was not on this team starting next year and the Titans weren't going to get anything in return for him. So the fact that they get something in return for a player um, who is aging is on the wrong side of 30 is losing a step actively. And we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. It, it's, it's a good thing for this team and they recoup some draft capital that they desperately needed. Let me address the the big picture with Rand Carthen here. Guys, you wanted Rand Carthen to cook. Okay. You were excited that he was hired in the spring. You were excited about what he did in the draft and in free agency. And we talked just a couple of episodes ago about how you have a you know you, you, you objectively have a hard time attributing blame to him for how the Titan season has gone so far because you look at the individual moves that he has made as GM so far and really Andre Dillard is the sole example of a of a misguided decision of a failure on his part. Everything else has been working out pretty well for him so far. And so this is just one of those things that, that needed to happen. He, you wanted him to cook. You have to let him cook, right? This is one of the eggs that you had to break in order to bake this cake that there, there is no way around these kind of tough decisions for a GM who has no personal relationship with you know this team and, and the lore and the history of these players and he understands the how meaningful guys like Kevin Byard and 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 Derrick Henry are to this team and its fan base and the community but 
he also doesn't, you know, he's coming in fresh from another team. He, he's able to have that objective eye and say, I'm going to do what's best for this team from a business perspective, from a roster building perspective. We're, we're going to do what's best, no matter how difficult the decision may be. And this was one of those decisions that he had to make. Um, you know, some other notes I have here. <laughs> it's funny how Titans fans had for the past week or so been saying that, that you know, it was time to accept the rebuild. Ran, you need to go find some teams to trade with. And then the Titans make this trade. And it's, well, no, no, not this team, not that team. What are we doing? Um, like, that you're doing the thing that you asked him to do a little bit here. And Titans fans have been asking for their players to get national recognition for as long as I've been alive now. Okay. You've been wanting them to get more national media recognition. Little did they know that that wish would be granted in the form of their players one by one being shipped off to teams that the national media cared more about. So, you know, careful what you wish for a little bit there. If you really think about it though, JT, one more, one more quip on my part, Terrell Edmonds, you know, he got to wear the Kelly green throwbacks last week. And then this week he's going to get to wear the oil. His his first time in the two tone blue is actually going to be in the 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 powder blue and red Oilers throwback uniforms. He's dripped up this week. The past two weeks, an all time back to back jersey week for any player. I'd put. And I think that's the best. As I tweeted out yesterday, the biggest shame is that Kevin Byard will not wear the Titans throwbacks. Like you you couldn't have waited one more week to to do this like you couldn't have waited for after the <laughs> right. falcons game at the deadline to then trade kevin byard like well and he was one of their primary guys to model the jersey when when the announcement was made yes. so it's it's kind of awkward now but yeah i mean with edmonds getting to wear the kelly green throwbacks and the oiler throwbacks and back-to-back weeks kevin byard getting to wear neither of those things you know kb argue you know he won the competitive team battle but edmonds crushed him in the vibes war like that you know big vibes w for edmonds here absolutely but all kidding aside, um, we can talk. Let's talk compensation real quick. I, I'm sorry, but but everybody who was upset that Kevin Byard didn't demand a third round pick, I think, was simply overvaluing their team's players' value in general. And this is something that we talk about all the time. I know our buddy Paul Kaharski harps on this a lot, and he's absolutely right. And this is just one of those things about fan bases that's always going to be the case no matter how often I or anybody tells folks you are overvaluing their own, your own players you're in you know you're in a vacuum zoom out a little bit have some objective perspective here it's it's impossible to do so for a lot of fans and, and for a fan base as a whole so you know you get a fifth and a sixth back you look at trade charts and any conventional wisdom tells you that just any fifth or sixth round pick on average is going to equate in value to a mid fourth round pick Jason at Over the Cap and Brad Spielberger at PFF, their specific most updated modern trade chart for the specific picks the Titans will likely be getting back, which is number 153 and 186-ish overall. They're most likely, uh, most closely approximating to the 76th overall pick in terms of trade value, which is a mid-third round pick, uh, not accounting for additionally adding Terrell Edmonds, uh, you know, a, a, a rental safety in there. So it's a fine haul for the Titans. I, I have absolutely no issue with this trade. A lot has been made about lumping in, you know, what the Titans ended up getting for Bayard and AJ Brown. And when you do that, it, you know, it, it looks like they got fleeced twice that that's really a skewed way of, you know, you're combining a really bad trade with what I think is going to be proven a fine, a fine trade. And, you know, together it looks like a bad trade because a really, really bad trade like that is going to skew the average good to bad scale of, of your uh, internal grading of a trade. So uh, I, I think that this is a, a fine trade, again, for a, a player in Bayard who is on the wrong side of 30. Edmonds is 26 years old. He's played all six of his years um, with the, the Steelers before he joined the Eagles this past season. Didn't really work out for him there. And we'll talk a little bit a little bit about maybe why that was. But Tennessee needed this draft capital badly. They needed new, more draft capital very badly. And so they got some for a player that they otherwise, I think, weren't going to get anything in return for. And, and I think the biggest part is, which I think we can talk about, like it, it, it feels so much heavier to trade him because of what he means in the locker room and just yes. like as a face of the franchise. But when you really look at it, like, the production, the production wasn't right. there. Like we talked about going into the season, how Kevin Byard steps up and makes big plays. 
Mm-hmm. And through six weeks, like he has not made a single big play. Like in his nope. his game, outside of being the explosive playmaking guy, has been in the run game. Well, not exactly that it's his fault, but the Titans haven't exactly had the best run game this season. Like it is not sure. clicked at all um, on that side of the ball. So like I like you said, like this move makes sense for them, especially because of that contract. And we'll talk about some of the numbers later, but even to shed more of that cap, which now I think puts them at like second most in the league headed into Mm -hmm. 2024. Like Mm -hmm. it gives you a lot of flexibility. Yeah. The crass cold, hard truth here. And you're absolutely right. Is that the minute that Terrell Edmonds get his, gets his hand on any ball thrown his way this season, he will have already been more impactful to this Titans team and to the Titans secondary as Kevin Byard was, because like you said, he was a player throughout his career that that really made his money on being a fantastic ball hawk, being the guy that's going to get you turnovers, get you interceptions, get you PBUs, um, thrives on tipped balls. The Titans don't really tip balls right now. Like he hadn't he hadn't done that this year. He he had absolutely lost a step when you watch the tape. That's not to say he's a bad player. But just some numbers for you. He's currently on pace to be targeted 60 times this season. Uh, Kevin Byard uh, was and is, which would be 10% higher than his previous career high. And he's yet to lay a hand on a single one of those passes. No interceptions, no PBUs. He also just can't, you know, on tape, he cannot hang with the best tight ends anymore. And so, um, again, the ultimate calculus here, like you said, taking out the, the... the emotional attachment element of what was a fantastic player for the community and for the team for so long. It's a, what have you done for me lately league? And right now, Kevin Byard had not been producing above a, you know, maybe slightly above average replacement level safety for this Titans team. The Titans secondary has been abysmal this year. It's been bad, bad, bad. It was bad, bad, bad all year with Kevin Byard. Like he was in there. He was playing all the snaps. He didn't miss miss any time. So, you know, it's hard to go from bad, bad, bad with Kevin Byard to much like three bads. Last I checked, it's about as bad as it gets. Maybe there's one more bad you can add in there for this Titans team. But, you know, you're you're near the floor. You can add like a downright. Downright atrocious, maybe. You you go bad, bad and downright bad. I think that's (laughs) like bottom floor. But yeah, but like the whole point being they they have been bad with him. Replacing him with with somebody else that is replacement level rental player like Terrell Edmonds. I, I just don't see how that is a massive, you know, a massive impact to this team in the wins loss column, which we'll talk more about. Um, a little bit later, but let's talk about Edmonds for a second. Um, actually, no, let's, let me take a, let me take a breather. JT, have you been perusing our comments? Do we have anything that we need to address from the, uh, the peanut gallery here? Well, I think not exactly about Kevin Byard, but more of what Kevin Byard and this trade means, which I think we'll get to here in a second when we talk about the overall kind of direction of of this show but we do have a couple um just to lighten the mood uh, that is trading away kevin byard here mm-hmm. uh logan first of all uh came in here and said more challenging getting a new passport or the titans trading kevin byard of course that is also why we didn't have a boom Boss episode last week because that you got why. your you got your, you got your passport in stolen, the british so. isles yeah sorry um and so that i mean that is one and then um, we go down here and, uh, Kenneth, who really, really wants to see, uh, you embrace the tank so much. So putting it on a shirt today, uh, that is a missed He's opportunity. Been, Kenneth, you, you've misunderstood me, my friend. You've been on me about how I won't embrace the tank. When I talk about tanking and about what this team is doing, I would say 85 to 90% of the time I am talking about my psychoanalysis of what they are thinking. Not what I think they should do. Not me preaching, you know, what my what I would do in their shoes. I'm telling you what I think that they think. And so I, you know, like I'm, it's a don't shoot the messenger situation there. Just because I I think that they're not tanking doesn't mean that I think that they shouldn't tank necessarily. I, I'm I, if they decided today to tank to fully bottom out, I the logic is sound for that. I totally see. I, I understand that decision. 
And then uh, Stoney over at the Sobros uh, <laughs> network here uh, said, Stoney. I just got here. Have y'all already decided when we're all collectively throwing ourselves off a bridge? So when? Been... No. The location is Natchez Trace. We've already decided that. Uh, <laughs> we just need to find a date that works best for everybody. I'll send a poll in the chat later. We'll figure it out. Um, yeah. So the, the people have been people have been discussing that uh, here. He also hey, just speaking of Stoney, by the right way, now. just to total secondary here. Um, so we need Easton's bar. The beard is looking freshly trimmed. It is freshly trimmed. It needs, it's just getting long right now. I need to, I need to shave it down a little bit, but speaking of Stony, by the way, total non sequitur. Uh, I saw the Stony's so highly coveted, mo most prestigious awards in the mid state area, potentially the entire state, maybe the Southern region. Frankly, I'm not, I'm not sure at this point, the Sobros awards, he's taking recommendations on Twitter. Um, at Stony Keeley, I believe is his Twitter handle. But if you, if, if folks listening, watching the show wanted to throw anything Stony's way about the hot read podcast, I, I wouldn't tell you not to certainly I wouldn't, I would not come on my show and ask people to do that. But um, I, I might just bring up that that is the thing that you could do in, in the realm of possibilities. If you, if you so chose. So just put that out there. Um, okay. Let's, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about troll Edmonds. Tim was plugging over. From what I've understood about him and watched a little bit of the tape and talked to some folks that uh, have covered him in Philadelphia and, and longer so in Pittsburgh, he, he is the clear and obvious consensus on him here. He's not good in coverage. This is not a coverage guy. This is not a one-for-one -one, um, styles player from Kevin Byard to Terrell Edmonds, kind of the opposite, if anything. He's not good in, co good in coverage. He's at his best when he plays inside the box as a nickel safety, as a dime. Um, as as a guy that's going to be a, a rusher off the edge, um, a guy that, you, you know, a, the, an archetype of player you've seen the Titans utilize relatively well in the recent past. So certainly a, a type of player that I think that they'll they'll have some use for and, and see what they can get out of him in that way. But he's good open field tackler um, over the middle of the field. He can get shaken in the secondary, especially downfield. He's solid at playing the run. He can make solo tackles on running backs. A lot of this information I got from our buddy, um uh uh our, our buddy um who did i well who did i get this from i i mean i saw that juni had had a lot oh yeah that's that was juni it was juni sorry i totally yeah i, I wrote this down from G thank you i was i totally blinked <laughs> on who it was it was juni riddle i saw him on twitter i thought maybe thank you, you. no i appreciate yeah sorry juni i didn't forget who you were i just forget who i forgot who wrote this um but Junie's a, he's a he's a Steelers guy. He's a Yenzer, so he he's watched a lot of Terrell Edmonds, and so I trust his opinion there. In terms of replacing Bayard, there's no one player that's going to replace Kevin Bayard, and that's what you know. Head coach Mike Vrabel was talking about today at his press conferences, which we'll talk about in a bit. But it's going to be a combination of Edmonds and Molden. I think that's my best guess today. I think that at first Edmonds is going to be third in the pecking order behind Molden and Tooker. Um. But Molden being that guy that you can use as the deep safety, um, as that ball hawk, as the guy that is in coverage or or floating deeper downfield, and then using Edmonds more in the box as that nickel or dime, that's what I think they're going to look to do with these two guys and see if they can replace Kevin Byard by committee a little bit, if there ever was such a thing in a secondary. Elijah Molden's health now becomes a much, much bigger deal. And the Titan safety room, I think, is going to be perfectly fine with Edmonds and Molden and Hooker and then the rotating cast of guys that they have behind them. But you, you, you've you got to have Elijah Molden stay healthy, and that's not something we've seen him do a whole lot of with any consistency in his, in his playing career, really, since his rookie year where he was pretty healthy. Um, so that's a big, big deal. Edmonds' numbers, if folks are curious just what he's done statistically throughout his career, 145 receptions allowed on 214 targets, which is a 67.8% receiving uh, reception percentage. He's allowed just over 1,700 yards of uh, receiving yards, uh, just under 12 yards per reception on average, just under 700 yards after the catch allowed. Um, he's allowed 12 touchdowns to five interceptions and 18 PBUs allowing a passer rating of 101.1. So reflective of the fact that he is not good in coverage, and that's not the way that I think the Titans are going to try to utilize him. If they do, it it, it looks to prove to be pretty rough. Um, A, a pivot here from, from me, but where I, where I want to take this conversation next, 
does this mean, does this Kevin Byard move mean um, fire sale time? We finally got, we've gone from the throwing numbers and facts and, and thoughts at you segment of the show to really kind of, I think, I think philosophizing a little bit and analyzing a little bit where this Titans team is at, what they want to do and getting around to what Kenneth is talking about, where this team is in terms of file fire sale rebuild mode right now. The Titans selling Kevin Byard, it raises the question, right? Is this Titans team entering what will be a very busy trade deadline for them as sellers um, between now and uh, I believe it's next was Monday, Tuesday of next week. They have about a week to change. Okay. So they've got, they've got exactly a week to uh, do any selling that they are going to do. And is this the first move of many for them? That's the question, right? I'm not so certain yet. I'm not sold hundred percent on this move, indicating a fire sale, full, full blown rebuild mode situation for this team. I think having a younger player in Elijah Molden to, you know, play that safety position, um, you moved him there in the offseason. you get another younger safety in return from Philly. They may have just seen this as an opportunity to get younger at the position and get some draft capital, you know, in, in, in the process, get, getting some draft capital out of a player that is aging and, and you have guys behind him waiting and already are going to be able to, um, with the guys waiting in the wings, as well as the guy you get in the trade, replace to an acceptable level. Kevin Byard was brought up today to Mike Vrabel and you know uh, the the situation, the timing around this trade. If the Titans' first six games going two and four and looking like a team that might be selling had anything to do with this decision, and Vrabel said that the first six games of the year for them and the result and where they are now in the standings, none of that had any impact on them trading Kevin Byard. Now, if that's true, that would further the idea that maybe this is coincidental a little bit in the sense that again they laid the groundwork for this trade in the summertime. This is something that they were probably looking to do for this player in particular because he was on an expiring contract, because he was going to be a player they were going to lose for nothing and go to free agency or get cut in the near future. This was, again, their last off-ramp to get any value out of him. Maybe that's the case. It is pretty difficult to, be to believe that from Vrabel. You know, it's kind of hard to buy that story right now, given the circumstances of this team, given the rumors about how they have players available for sale. You know, um, Jordan Schultz with uh, Bleacher Report now, I believe, was talking today, this afternoon, about how the consensus around the league is with the Titans. Everybody is pretty much for sale except for the youngest players on the team that they don't really want to part with, but they're listening to any and all trade offers. Maybe that's the case. Um, but I, I think that there's still a possibility here, JT, that they aren't going to be massive sellers. And Bayard was a unique case here for them to, to get something in return for a, a player in, in a situation where they had to now or never. And it feels like kind of, if, if you just like reading between the lines, we, we've known that the Titans have wanted out of Kevin Bayard for a long time. And if you have a, if you have a buyer in Philadelphia where he is from, like it is probably the best place he could have gone. And, sure. and while he, he may say he wants to, he wanted to stay with, with the Titans and retire a Titan and, and be a lifelong Titan. This does gives him, gives him the opportunity um, to kind of go and compete and it still works in the Titans favor. So I get what you're saying. Like this one makes the most sense out of any other uh, um, trade because as Logan says here, Twitter currently has the Titans trading Henry <laughs> Tannehill, Brunskill, Hopkins, Burks, Tart, and Fulton. That's all. <laughs> let's uh, let, let's talk about a few of these. I think the biggest one though, is Derek Henry for sure. Um, it, we talked about this off, not on the show. Would it be, would it be likely for Derrick Henry to be, be traded? I want to say yes, because I think it'd be chaotic and fun for, for you show want purposes. it to be. Yes. You don't I, think I, it's going to be. Yes. You no, want I don't, it to be yes. I don't think it's a yes. I kind of want it to be a yes. Right. That's just like my, my own uh, greedy gains for, for, sure. for, for the show. Mm -hmm. um, but like out of these guys, like it, it, I, I don't, see a world where any of these other guys like realistically get moved. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's 
so I'm looking at the comments here. Jacob's saying that Jim Wyatt said in his mailbag today that he'd be surprised if the Titans made any more trades. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I, 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 I wouldn't say I'd be surprised if they made any more trades, but I'd be surprised if they were full-blown sellers, full fire sale mode. It's possible, and at this point, I won't be totally floored, but I, I, I would be surprised by that. Um, Shrike pointing out that safety and running back are two of the most expensive parts of the team and the most devalued positions on either side in general in the NFL. Getting rid of Henry or Bayard means nothing on how Vrabel views this team. That's a that's a potential, you know, that that's there's logic behind that viewpoint there. So I'm 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 not dismissive of, of either point of view here. Um, you know, maybe the better question, JT, is how you know how many players on this team are you confident play in the Titans new stadium in 2027? Like I made a list on Twitter yesterday of the players whose jersey I'd be comfortable buying right now. And that list was Peter Skronsky, Tajay Spears, Jeffrey Simmons, Roger McCreary, Ryan Stonehouse, Nick Westbrook-Akine, end of list. And I'm I'm totally joking about Nick Westbrook-Akine, but also he'll be a Titan until the end of time a little bit. Um, So like it wouldn't shock me, but it's kind of those guys. It's the young, it's, you know, it's these young guys. I think it's interesting. Uh, Yeah, I I think it's interesting that you let Traylon Burks off of there. Do you just like, yeah, if there was a tier below where it's like, I'm 97% confident, but I'm not super confident. It's Burks and Chig. Um, Like that's that next group. I thought about it, but yeah, if, if I was putting money into, if I was making an investment into an NFL Jersey right now, I'm not sure I would put those guys in the same tier as of these other guys in terms of safeness. Right now, right now, which I, again, I really would be floored if they moved either of those guys or any of these guys, right? I think Traylon is not available. I think that Shig is not available. I think that it is far too early for them to be giving up on such young, talented players. But, um, yeah, it's, before we talk fully about some more trade potential, man, you know, I was just, I was looking back on this Titans team as a whole for the past three or four years where we're kind of coming to the end of what was this first era of Mike Rabel football. And man, the AFC number one seed Titans hosted the Bengals, your Bengals, in the divisional round uh, of the NFL playoffs on January 22nd, 2022. 639 days and 23 games later, they are now at the bottom of the AFC South. Maybe big sellers the deadline and the future of the franchise is unclear. Life in the NFL comes at you very, very fast. But by the way, one final little one-off thought from me. Would it not be the most Mike Vrabel thing ever to find a way to make it into the playoffs now? Like right now, the Titans are so down bad astronomically in the narrative category of things. Um, it gives me full faith that they will somehow maybe have like a dead cat bounce at least. And like I think this week they're going to win. Like there's no doubt in my heart that they win this game simply because it makes no sense. And I just I think it's it, the narrative is so bad on the Titans this week. I kind of see it as, of course, they're going to come out and maybe look impressive. I don't even know with Will Levis or or a platoon or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all if, if Mike Rabel messed around and did some Mike Rabel voodoo a little bit. So more trades, like like you were trying to point us in this direction a minute ago. Um, some thoughts on this team and, and how they're viewed by Vegas. If the Titans have moved. They were one point on home dogs before this to Kevin Byard news. They have moved to two, two and a half point underdogs, depending on where you're shopping, um, hosting the Falcons this week in the wake of the Kevin Byard news. That's less of a reaction from the books to the player himself. It's not that Kevin Byard is worth one, one and a half points to these books. It's and it's more so a reaction to Tennessee potentially shifting their organizational focus going into that fire sale rebuild mode. And if that's the case, then winning becomes kind of an iffy situation, right? If this does mean that the fire sale is coming for the Titans, it's first of all, it's just further reason for Titans fans to root extremely hard, extremely, extremely hard for a good long look at Will Levis. And we've beaten this drum. We're going to continue to beat this drum. This is another this is another great reason to put at the top of that list. Some Titans players that could be traded before the deadline, JT, and I made this list for the show yesterday on Twitter. You know, this is the group of players that I think are most likely to potentially move. Tannehill, Henry, Hopkins, Autry, Fulton, Burks. Or, sorry, not Burks, Tart. Um, those six guys, and then kind of what I'm seeing fans hypothetically slash hoping to get for them if they do trade them versus what I think you can actually get. There's Again, this is the overvaluation of players, right? With Tannehill, you're seeing a lot of second and third round pick moves. Like that's what 
since the offseason people have been talking about. I think you could get a fourth for him. I think that's the best you could do for him. Henry, a lot of people talking about getting a third-round pick. I think you get a fifth-round pick for him at best. Hopkins, a third-round pick is what a lot of fans want. I think you could get a fourth. Probably a third, I think, is kind of rich, unless there's some you know, some salary playing around with the cap, playing around with the the responsibilities for, for salary there a little bit. It's Nico Autry. I'm seeing fans wanting a fourth-round pick for him. I, at his age, I think you get a sixth, maybe a fifth. Fulton, I've seen people be like, move him for a fifth. Just get over Brother, I'm not sure he fetches a seventh round pick. Like I, that, I mean, Kevin Byer just got a fifth. Like that was like he got a right. fifth and a fifth player. And a sixth, right? Yeah. Did you like? I thought I was thinking about this today. Like I thought a reasonable like return for Christian Fulton, given the circumstances, would be like a 2025 sixth round pick or something yeah, that, like no yeah and i still five sixth or seventh sounds about and right i would still me. be yeah. like yes sir please thank you do <laughs> like it. yeah yeah run the card up absolutely <laughs> and then tier tart i've seen the fans wanting like a fourth for him i think you get a fifth for him um so just it, i think the rule of thumb if you're seeing fans wanting an x pick for a player just assume the best you can do is at least one round down is is pretty much always the case but it it raises the question, JT. We've been we've been beating around this topic, this whole conversation. Let's narrow in on it real quick. How many of these potential trade pieces for this Titans team do you need on this roster to 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 not you know impact the win loss column, to not have a significant drop off in capability, in ceiling, in floor? Like, how many guys do you need? Need? And we already talked about how with Kevin Byard. They were bad in the secondary with him. At worst, they'll continue to be bad in the secondary without him. You know, Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback situation, always a big deal. Like if, if both of the backups suck, e- even if it's just right now and they're developing, like that's, you know, that's a big, de- the, you know, the biggest position in terms of impacting win- wins and losses and moving the number for Vegas is the quarterback position. So that's one, obviously. But th- that's a different situation where I think fans largely would welcome finding out what you have in those two younger guys. With Henry, Maybe he moves the needle a half point, one point. Maybe he's worth I, half I mean, a win. I was, was going to say, like, it, I feel like it would depend more on the offensive line that day and the well, ability and to give. Well, if didn't exist, right? Yeah. The fact that Tajay is there where the, you know, the drop-off from Henry to Tajay right now is arguably maybe a half step down, maybe equivalent. Um, the, really, the thing we haven't seen from Tajay is his ability to handle, you know, can, can you do 32 carries a game week after week? We don't know, like, Derrick Henry singularly talented in that way for a long time and part of what has made him great for so long so we've no, we've not figured that out with Tajay yet but in terms of top end talent like Tajay brings the juice he can be that guy and be a perfectly fine replacement if the Titans were to do that DeAndre Hopkins would be a big deal just because the Titans wide receiver core he's the really the only constant right now in terms of guy that is going to get open and be available for you every time he runs a route so that's a big one Danico Autry, I think, is a sneaky big one for them uh, simply because of the pass rush will go from inconsistent to maybe non-existent when you lose such a massive piece like him that can play in and out. Fulton, whatever. Uh, Tier Tart, maybe he's worth a, a game because of the run blocking, the run defense. I'm very curious to see how the Titans run defense changes, if at all, once he's back in the rotation. It sounds like he's going to be back this week, so... I think I think it's fair to ask of these guys that are moving, if it's a full fire sale for the Titans uh, and they move three or four big veterans, depending on who those veterans are, depending on who, the, how, who those big pieces are, wouldn't, you know, I think necessarily indicate that, yes, they may be going fire sale mode, but I'm not sure it's an indication that they're trying to like full blown tank. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Let's uh, let's talk about some Tuesday pressers real quick before we get to the news. A couple of comments from Mike Vrabel and uh, Imani Hooker spoke today and Derek Henry spoke today. I wasn't able to be there today, unfortunately. Last minute, we had something personal come up, um, but I'll be back there later this week. Um, we did hear from those in the media that were there today. Um, Teron Davenport tweeting out the Mike Vrabel said Ryan Tannehill won't practice today. but They will see where he is throughout the week. Vrabel said Tannehill is out of his boot, which is that's good news that he's out of the boot already. Sounds like it's not as severe as it, as it could have been, as it's been for him in the past at times. Um, so maybe he's a guy that is going to miss one week. Maybe he misses two. Maybe it's not super long drawn out. Wouldn't shock me if he missed just this one game and then was physically at least ready to go 
for uh, Thursday Night Football the following week. Here's the big one, right? Mike Vrabel said that if Ryan Tannehill cannot play in this game against the Falcons, that both Malik Willis and Will Levis will be playing against the Falcons. Not shocking in the least, frankly, but in a super disappointing way. What what are we doing here? This is not the preseason. Unless this is an admission that winning on Sunday isn't your primary objective and you're suddenly just in-game scouting players and seeing what you have and doing talent evaluation, like, why in the world would you do this? What are you going to do? Like, have them alternate drives, alternate quarters, alternate, like, you just ride with the hot hand, just play it, play it by ear, shoot from the hip. Dumb, 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 dumb. To like to platoon it, quarterbacks. No, I don't. Exactly. I think he's lying. That, that this is the important no, part. I think yeah. he's totally like, lying. I think it's fake. That's stooping um, to the to the low levels of what like the Texans did last year when you had Davis yes, Mill and Kyle yes. Allen. Like you were flipping them every single drive, and they yeah. were like, and so like if Andy you Dalton, did that, Justin Fields, like yes, it, uh, I'm trying it to think would not of, be good. Tua, Tua, and um. Tua and uh, uh, Skylar Thompson or no, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, um, Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fitzpatrick and Tua that first year. Like, yes. that's what it is. It's, what, it, it's never gone well when you uh, the old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks that that rings true here as it always does. The important caveat here is that he's I think that he's lying. I think that, that he's not dumb enough to do this. I, I don't think that he sees. I think this is a, a gamesmanship, gamesmanship situation. So that's there are two situations in which this is not a, a dumb decision and an admission that winning isn't the number one priority. Right. Number one, it's gamesmanship. And it's just we don't want to name the starter yet. We want Arthur Smith and the Falcons to be preparing for anything and everything. Number two, maybe the plan is for one guy primarily like it's it's going to be Will Levis. But we're going to have four or five or six gadget plays drawn up for Malik Willis, which we've seen how those have worked out in the past. I don't Indeed. hate the idea on paper uh, based on. Although I, I, I probably history, would I trust. I would trust Tim Kelly's design of a gadget play more than I would trust Todd Downing's design. <laughs> I of mean, a gadget sure, play, but if, maybe? if Malik can't execute it without fumbling yeah, the ball, then it also, doesn't matter, uh, man. True, you know? Yes. Um, so yeah, this, I think it's a, it's a comment. that's going to be talked about all week long. Ultimately, I'm going to believe it's gamesmanship until we see otherwise, until he proves otherwise. I just refuse to believe that this is, the, something so stupid like this is what he's going to do this upcoming week. And so I just, I hope and pray that it is Will Levis, that it is not a platoon situation. And maybe you have a gadget player too from Malik Willis, but it's time to see what you have in Will Levis. Let's go. Let's see it. Let's get this train on the tracks. Um, one more comment from Mike Vrabel in today's press conference. He said that Nicholas Petit Frere will be with the first team this week in practice at left tackle. Uh, thought that he did a good job with this opportunity in uh, London against the Ravens did enough to earn that job. Sounds like Andre Dillard, the experiment with him is officially over. He's now the swing tackle. He'll get some work at both left and right tackle in practice going forward. First of all, good, good on them for making a change doing so quickly. Um, you know, six weeks, less than six weeks, five, five, five games in one quarter, however long it took for them to move him out of that starting position and give NPF a chance was the appropriate amount of time. Glad they did it. I now have to ask why, 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 why can Peter Skaronsky not play left tackle? I'm still, I'm still here. I'm still, I'm still ringing the bell. I'm still waving my hands asking why. Um, he was asked today, Mike Rebel was in his press conference. Why can't Peter Skaronsky play left tackle? And his answer was essentially, well, because he plays left guard, which thanks Mike. Um, I turned on, I got in my car a couple of minutes ago and the radio was set to 1025 and our, our favorite, just my, my absolute favorite guy in the world, Jared Stillman was on the radio and before I could go to, you know, it reflexively turn it off to anything else. The first sentence I hear out of his mouth is a very exasperated exclamation of why can't Peter Skaronsky play left tackle? And it, 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 you know, I put it on Twitter. It's, it's heartbreaking. The worst person, you know, makes a fantastic point. I, I'm with him it's it's obvious to everybody give us give us an answer here give us a why i'm going to continue to ask why i'm going to continue to believe that he's the and best option like, tackle unless mpf comes in and proves that you know maybe he's if he's at least average for this team at left tackle that changes everything for this team that i mean that that that's a big deal it's something that we're going to talk about i think a lot in the coming weeks if he shows average levels of play that's going to be a massive 
impact on this team's ability on offense, I think. And maybe it's just the, the, the case. I don't feel like it is, but like I'm with you. Maybe it's just the case that we need to learn ball more. And that's what Mike Rabel is trying to tell us. But of course, Maybe. we don't see everything. Sure. However, when you when you look at the tape like we did in, in at the combine, when you yep. have just like personal recommendations from did Peter Skronsky play a left tackle at all in college. I think he did. I think he played a lot. Just a bit. He played. Or he played a all lot. Of, all of it. Maybe he was the best left tackle in the <laughs> almost, nation in college. Almost, almost every single snap. Yeah, I don't know. But when you have him playing left tackle in a Big Ten, going up against some guys like Aiden Hutchinson or in that Iowa defense, and a lot of different guys over the years, and then you have your coach who who gives yep. you a a a perfect or gives you a recommendation and, and likens you to another. Northwestern guy in Rashawn Slater who has the same like mm. physical build as you did as Peter Scronsi does has shorter than normal arms and still is able to get things done with the 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 Los Angeles Chargers and yep. efficiently and really like pro bowl level play like it boggles my mind as to why he does not get a chance I know he's gotten a little bit of a chance at uh, practice in some weeks, but like it, it I, I don't know what it's going to take. I don't either. I, I, I we're going to we'll be on rocking chairs on the porch of a nursing home <laughs> one day. Still asking this question. I'm afraid JT it'll be you and me. All right. Before we get to the news with producer JT, JT, any comments in the, uh, in the peanut gallery we need to get to. Yeah, we had a few, just uh, some people, uh, making the case for why Derrick Henry should stay. Noah Dickinson says, I just don't want to lose Henry. It's his favorite player in his first jersey. I get it, Noah. I think he, he could easily play another two years and retire a Titan, yes. beat Eddie yep. George's record. Definitely yep, means a lot to the to the uh, organization here. Um, and then to, Dika, just to reassure Noah, from what I'm hearing, I, I don't again, I do not think they're going to trade him because I don't think that there's desire for him. I think that there's maybe some teams checking on the price, but they're not going to move him for a hill of beans. And I think that a hill of beans is the best offer that they're going to get. I just don't think that there's, I think it's, it's too late. I think you, you missed the off ramp to get real compensation for Henry a, a while back. And so they're going to, I think continue to ride with him now. Um, and then Stoney chimes in right here and says, maybe they just don't want to pull the trigger on it until they've exhausted all of their resources. Maybe if MPF doesn't pan out, that'll be the catalyst to give him a shot. Just spitballing here. I mean, sure, of course, I mean, he's, that, but, but why, why would they not want to, you know what I mean? Playing, like, he's playing left guard like well, right. But when sure, you consider yes. the fact that left tackle is just like almost 10 times more important than the left guard position. I was about is. to like, say so many people make this argument. Well, he's playing left guard so well, buddy. If you moved every left tackle in the league into left guard, most of them would play well. It's an easier position. That's it, the nature of the position. Why? If he's playing so well at guard, he's going to be an all, all pro guard every year. Why would you move out of tackle? Cause left tackle is so much more important. It, it, you, 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 you tell on yourself when you make these arguments for not knowing the dynamics of value of positions on a football team. Like you need, if, if he's, if he's at a hundred percent at left guard and going to be a 75% player at left tackle. Well, if 75% is the best left tackle play on the team, then, then he's the guy you should rock with because you need the best left tackle you can get. And then you can fill in or, you know, what's better, a, a great, a great left guard, a fantastic left guard, and a constantly struggling left tackle or a good left tackle, maybe flashes of great, but like solid good, not, not amazing, but certainly not struggling, just good. And then at left guard, you have a replacement level player. It's obviously having the good left tackle. Like that's a thousand percent what is more valuable. So it just, I, I'm, it's never going to make any sense. I'm gonna I mean, and then uh, to, to Stoney's point, as I'm thinking, like there always is the the ability of saying, okay, we we do understand Peter Skronsky's shortcomings. Maybe this first year, let him play left guard, get up to, if there is a concern that he would, he would fall behind if he immediately started at left tackle to begin the season against some of these guys. Maybe we play left guard, slow play him. And then next year, once he has a year under his belt in the NFL, maybe move him over. I think that could also be I an guess, option, yeah. but yeah, um, Shrike here also saying making, making him pe play guard to pay him guard money, then moving him to left tackle. That's after what his it is. Extension, it's a cheap chess, plot. not check. Shrike has nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, that is all from me today. Um, before we get out of here, let's get to some news with producer JT. Yeah, we'll start off here with some Titans transactions today. Of course, the biggest in breaking news, as it always is. Uh, the Titans signed linebacker Joe Jones and running back Jonathan Ward to mm. the practice squad and released from the practice squad uh, Jacques Patrick, right? I, I want to say Jacques so bad every single time. Mm-hmm. Legend. Jacques. Legend Jacques Patrick uh, is released from the team. So just some mm-hmm. pretty standard uh, signs and releases to the practice squad. Nothing major there. We can talk about the Titans cap situation here and uh, a sure. friend of the show, Zach Lyons, who after my computer totally died in London, got me back into everything here so that I can do my job. Shout out to him. Thank you very much Indeed. for, for doing that. Um, he said, just some final accounting wrote, broke down the numbers here. The Titans cap space prior to the trade was around 11.5 million. Kevin Byard's cap or cap savings is around 2.4, whereas Edmonds cap hit was around just shy of $1.1 million. The 2023 cap space now sits at $12.9 million. So you get a little bit of relief there. Um, as, as In terms of Kevin Byard's old 2024 cap hit, it was around $19.5 million. Dead cap hit after the trade is 13.3. So that saves another $6.2 million for that move there. And so then the old 2024 cap space, which was already very high, um, for next year was around 80.3 now moves to 86.5. So definitely gets some help there as you look to make some moves next season. Yep, absolutely. The Titans are going to be very cash rich and we'll talk about it a ton in the future, but they're, they're going to have some serious money to play with a lot of expiring contracts. So really quite nice pool of available free agents that are scheduled to become available this off season. So well, once again, we'll have plenty uh, to talk about when we get to that. Then we can move on here and just kind of run down exactly what the Titans current picks are, because there have been a lot of moves here. Um, so right now, the the Titans have a pick now in every single round, except for the third round, as they hmm. use that to go up and get Will Levis. But uh, just taking into account that after this trade, now they have a pick in every single round. So they were very, very desperate for some draft picks this yep. season. If the season ended today, the Titans would have the uh, ninth overall pick in the draft sitting at the 109. They have a second round pick, which would be right around the 40th pick in the draft. Then they have a fourth, fifth, sixth, and two sevenths. They also potentially have a third seventh, by the way. Folks, I think, aren't... It, it, it is... It... it Long story short, it's contingent on the conditional terms of a trade with the Raiders, where the Raiders may or may not get their pick. Um, the tie, I forget who uh, another defensive secondary player, I believe, who they traded for that flamed out very quickly. It was a conditional trade for a conditional seventh. We don't know the terms of that condition, so the Titans might have a third one, they might not. But my only point on this is they have at least two, maybe three seventh round picks. If and when they make any more moves, selling players, whatever, before the trade deadline, they need to try to parlay one of those sevenths into a higher draft pick. Like it needs to be, instead of sending a player for a fifth, send a player in a seventh for a fourth. Like that needs to, they need to try, you know, it may not work, but you, you have to make that a priority to see if you can parlay some of those sevenths into some higher draft capital. Yep. And then finally here earlier today as well, Mike Vrabel said he expected Elijah Molden, Traylon Burks, and Tier Tart to practice for the Titans today, which is a good uh, inkling into that these guys are good, got rested over the bye, and mm-hmm. will be available against the Falcons this week. Why was Traylon Burks not put on IR? Well, this is why, so we can come back this week. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that a ton more on Thursday live from Boom Boss and Spring Hill. We'll previewing the Titans Falcons game, uh, which will be here in Nashville. Again, that will be at. Uh, yeah, I think it's a big. I think they're, they're they're getting some very important reinforcements this week, and there's a, I have a lot of thoughts in that game, but I'll save them. That's what we call a teaser in the industry for next episode in a couple of days, just 48 hours from now. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in with us for today's episode. That's all we've got. Hope you enjoyed. 
Thanks for being in the comments, being so active, guys. It's really a, a pleasure getting to talk ball with you guys so often. Looking forward to getting back to doing it three times a week. Uh, shows posted Monday, Wednesday, Friday, recorded live on Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday afternoon slash evenings each and every week through to the Super Bowl. Um, so looking forward to it. Looking forward to being live at Spring Hill. Um, so help help us out. Subscribe. Do all the good things. Subscribe to the podcast. Review your podcast. Go to Broadway Sports Media's YouTube page and subscribe there. We know a lot of you guys watch the show but aren't subscribed. So do us a favor and subscribe there. It's for free. It's very easy. Follow the show on social media at Hot Read Pod on Twitter, on TikTok, on Instagram. Follow us at Easton Freeze and at, at JT underscore Runky on Twitter for updates on the show and content on the show, clips and whatnot. Uh, when the show is going to be going live, all that good stuff. You can find that on our socials. Make sure to check that out at Hot Read Pod. And uh, that's it for us. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm missing something. Am I forgetting anything? Tune in with us on uh, Spring Hill live in Boombaz on Thursday. Um, I'll quit rambling and talk to you again. Then for producer JT, I'm your host, Easton Freeze. This has been the Hot Read Podcast. We'll talk to you on Thursday.